The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders, the program that makes people aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts about leadership. My name is Kimberly J. Lewis, your host, and this is our second broadcast of this exciting new series on Voice America Business Channel. So what is this series about? Uh, It's about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership that we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. Now, we're going to talk about everything from from gender balance and leadership to generational and cultural business values that may impact you, your organization, or your individual career. We'll keep you up to date on the leadership trends, the challenges um, that you face today, and the opportunities that await us. So I've been asked, you know, why am I doing this and and why do I think it's important? Well, in my 20 years C-level management experience across uh, 18 countries, actually, I have recognized that the most and the biggest asset a company has is its people and people need and want good leaders. But it's not easy to be a leader today in this dynamic and diverse environment. So in this series, we're going to bring you success stories. We're going to talk about challenges. We're going to give you practical takeaways and tips that can help you and your organization. We want to provoke you and make you think. So we'd like to invite you to connect with us. Send us your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Join our Facebook page, Leadership Beyond Borders Ponytail Talk, or tweet with me, Kimberly Lewis, at LeadershipGBT, or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is local or international, make sure you join us each week, and we will make sure that you take away something useful, either for your business or yourself. So now, on to our second broadcast. Last week, we heard from Elizabeth Rodriguez-Dennehy, the author of Can You Afford to Ignore Me? How to Manage Gender and Cultural Differences at Work. Elizabeth talked a lot about what we should be doing, both as individuals and organizations, to promote diversity. But she also indicated that a lot of things are not happening. For whatever reason, there's lots of reasons, we all have excuses, but she indicated that sometimes it's not happening because we need a little help and we need a little support to get things done. 
So for that reason, we made a slight switch in this week's program. And this week, we're going to look at practices that can support leaders, employees, and organizations. We told you last week that this week we would dive a little deeper into gender diversity with Dr. John Gray, author, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. But we will visit the subject with Dr. Gray a little bit later in July. And today, we would like to talk about some of the tools that can help you and your organization propel yourself forward. We'd like to talk about a subject that's quite hot on everybody's development list today, but also a subject that people don't often understand. And the subject is individual leadership coaching and team coaching. And joining us today, we have John Leary Joyce. John is the president and founder of the Academy of Executive Coaching, which is located outside of London and is associated with Middlesex University in the UK and is accredited by all international coaching institutions, including the International Coaching Federation, which is headquartered right in the United States. The Academy delivers worldwide coaching certification programs for professionals as well as internal programs for companies as part of developing a a coaching culture. The Academy has 10 different partners stemming from Brazil to Estonia and two right here in the United States in Boston and New York. Over the last 20 years, John has become widely recognized as a senior transformational coach, combining his initial 20-year career as a gestalt psychotherapist, group facilitator, and trainer. John co-designed and facilitated the first systemic team coach training certification program in Europe. And this approach is rapidly being recognized as one of the best team coaching methods because of its powerful impact on organizations. John's also the author of Fertile Void, Gasalt Coaching at Work, a practical, effective methodology for individual and team coaching. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much indeed, Kim. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you, and you're, ca- you're calling in from London, right, I guess? Absolutely, yes. We're yeah. at 4 o'clock London time. Okay. So, John, um, well, let's start out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? You didn't start out in coaching. What made you interested in it? Well, as you indicated, I started out in an approach to psychotherapy called Gestalt, Uh, And I'll say something about that right at the end. And then I went on to be managing director of the Gestalt Institute in London for a number of years. And I became fascinated about how to apply these psychological principles to our own process as an organization. How did we use these uh, the principles about good communication and relationships to build uh, the business, which I'm delighted to say was very successful? I then uh, started to look at how we'd apply this gestalt in a consulting context uh, and set up a program and work with consultants using this methodology. But then the next step um, around uh, the late 80s was this thing, uh, coaching, which seemed a bit odd because coaching is about sports. That's only what I'd heard of it. But then this notion of business coaching and personal coaching, um, primarily coming across from the U.S., and this being applied in a business context. And I thought this this feels very similar 
uh, to what I'm doing using this Gestalt perspective in an organizational context with my own business. And I thought, this is a, a new field. And I started to investigate that. And I did my master's uh, program in uh, what made a great executive coach. Uh, and from that created a model that uh, st- became the foundation for my uh, company, the Academy of Executive Coaching that I launched in 2000. And that has since grown, as you've said, now to international partners and multiple tens of thousands of people having been uh, through our program over these 17 years. Um, so it, it, it was that shift and that fascinating with the psychological and the business and the relational, relational and the, the, the output focus that uh, fascinated me. Yeah. So, I mean, the coaching started about in the 80s. It started, as you just said, it got popular. But, um, I, you know, we both to a lot of leaders today, and there still seems to be a lot of confusion around coaching. You know, what is coaching? What's the difference between coaching and mentoring or co- uh, consulting? Could you just um, clarify that a little bit for our listeners? Yeah. And there are loads and loads of different definitions. What I think is the most distinctive definition that separates it from mentoring and consulting is that in coaching, the coach is seeking to utilize the wisdom, knowledge, and expertise of the coachee in order to improve performance, find solutions, and get a better life, whatever. The, the key bit is that the coachee has the knowledge and experience and the coach's job is to tap into that. Now, that makes it distinctive from mentoring, which is about the mentor coming with knowledge and experience of some shape or form and offering that as a guide for the mentee. So the the mentor is coming and using their expertise and knowledge to support and guide the, uh, the mentee. Now, consulting is even going further out on that, is the consultant actually has the answer, and they're bringing that along. Now, there are various forms of consulting, and if we look at uh, Edgar Schein's process consulting, you'll see there's a a different style. But traditionally, when we think of going to see a consultant, we're going to get advice on how we should behave and how we should do it differently. So. Mm So it's to do with the level of advice that's given uh, from external as composed to all of the knowledge is internal and it's about access, mining it, accessing it. Mm-hmm. So, so then it's, it's, it's really not that easy, you know, um, to do that because then you've got to be trained. And I see, I see a lot of companies who, who set up, uh, internal coaching programs, but, um, do you, they're, do you think they're kind of more like mentoring programs? Yes. Yes, indeed they are because most companies are wanting to help their, uh, more junior people develop skills and capabilities. So in the element of this so-called coaching is really about giving them instruction and helping them on a bit more like sports coaching, where mm-hmm. there is it, there is a kind of instruction on how to do it, whatever that is, do it better, uh, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're they're thinking more of a like a sports coaching model, which probably within the business context we'd more call mentoring now. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then just a, a question, because um, I I have my own little story that I'm going to tell the listeners later on. Um, but uh, there there was a, in the past, and I'm going to say there probably still is a little bit um, a stigma around coaching that it was really kind of a correctional behavior uh, mm-hmm. or more seen as a, a punishment. Do you, do you see a shift in this today? Absolutely, or- yes, absolutely, Kim. It, we, it used to be called remedial coaching (laughs) where they were were wanting to salvage a relationship or somebody that was maybe a great salesperson but was absolutely hopeless at managing relationships and you know they needed them to be a relationship manager or a leader who was technically brilliant but was hopeless at leading so an awful lot of it was that the salvaging and and the the building back up um, and then it became recognized that this was a very powerful and productive process um, and started to go the other way and say, well, um, it's going to cost so much to have this uh, this learning and this development that it's actually now going to be a badge of honor that the company is willing to invest in me as someone who has the high potential to go forward. And therefore, it shifted from being something to be embarrassed about, like a punishment, to uh, being a a badge of honor. You know, hey, I have a coach. Do you have one? Um, So fascinating, that shift. It's interesting when we come to, (coughs) excuse me, team coaching, is that team coaching, which is still in its infancy, is still very much remedial. Mm -hmm. We get team coaching Mm -hmm. because the team is having a problem, that it needs to solve, and they're wanting to get it out of a hole. I have to laugh at remedial because, I mean, that word I, goes back to my childhood. If you were put in any kind of remedial class, then then you were in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> you know? um, but, yeah. Um, another, I have another question on uh, cultural differences because um, I know within the academy there's um, different partners in, in different countries. Are, are there any cultural differences um, in, in the beliefs of coaching? Do you see that at all? Well, I mean, ICF, uh, International Coach Federation, European Mentoring and Coaching Council, they all have definitions of coaching which are reasonably the same but each culture um, national culture even business culture interprets this in a different way and uh, I I don't get too hung up on whether they apply these definitions or principles in a particular way it's so long as the recipients of the so-called coaching whatever it is so long as they're clear about what they're getting and what is being delivered. So long as there's a clear definition from the coach as to what they're there to do so that the coachee knows what to expect. So it has an element of advice or guidance or structure or a particular format. In my mind, it's fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. We're still evolving. This It's not a licensed profession. And so long as coaches are absolutely explicit about what they call coaching, so their client, their customer knows what they're getting, it's up to the customer to buy it or use it. So I, mm-hmm. I, you know, there is definitions and people interpret it. And national cultures, what we do in Japan, China, India is very different from how we do it in Europe or, or the U.S. Uh, but, but be clear. 
Yeah, but that that just parallels the cultural differences, I would think. Yes. So that the, the the intervention then is paralleling the cultural difference. So then the the coaching intervention may be slightly different yeah. in Germany than it is in the United States or in Brazil. Um, and um, I think when when you and I both and we have a lot of colleagues um, internationally, when we talk with them, we do we do see those slight differences. So, um, John, we're gonna t- we're gonna take a short break um, for a minute, and when we come back, uh, I wanna we wanna talk about the new kid on the block, uh, team coaching systemic. Fantastic. So, okay, so we are now talking with John Leary Joyce, president and founder of the Academy of Executive Coaching and author of Fertile Void Gestalt Coaching at Work on the Voice America Business Channel. You can reach out to John at John Point Leary hyphen Joyce at AOEC.com or on Twitter at at Leary Joyce and you can reach me we'd love to hear from you at leadership beyond borders at gmail.com or on Twitter at leadership GBT and we will see you after the break When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's exciting new series on the Business Network. In this series, we're looking at the new generation of leadership coaching. I'm your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, a seasoned executive leadership and diversity trainer. And today, we are talking with John Leary Joyce, president and founder of the Academy of Executive Coaching and author of Fertile Void, Gestalt Coaching at Work. On the, um, we are talking on the Voice America Business Channel. John is joining us today from London, and I'm joining you from Prague in the Czech Republic. So welcome back, John. Thank you very and, much, Kim. Lovely to be here. Yeah, and I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about the new kid on the block now, mm-hmm. um, systemic team coaching. Yeah, because when people it. think of yeah, when think of people think of coaching, they think of individuals. Um, but you were the first to begin systemic team coaching. Could you explain what that is? Well, well, in actual fact, team team coaching, or maybe team building, we're very familiar with, or team facilitation has been around for eons. And I mentioned process consulting quite a while ago uh, in the first part, and so that's been around. <clears throat> but but the team coaching is is more recent, and it's about having the team as the client rather than an individual person and it really is a focus on how the team works and how it it manages its job and what it needs to do and manages the relationships <coughs> sorry the systemic bit is also paying attention to not only the team and what it's doing, but who is the team there to serve? It's understanding the organizational context that the team sits in and coaching the team in the relationship within the organizational context. So that's the systemic part of team coaching. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this, because when I, when I was running companies, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I really did not like this team building stuff, okay? Um, and I really didn't like the intervention stuff that much either. But the team building, you know, we'd all go out into the forest. We'd, we'd build a ship together. We'd do something. And then we'd come back and everybody was happy for a couple days. And then everything went back to normal. So what's, what's different about systemic team coaching? Well, the team building element is only one component. And yes, you're right. There was a real fashion probably about 20 years ago of this um, uh, outside um, um, team building sorts of events. And the problem was that, as you said, they were disconnected from the the business world. Uh, The systemic team coaching uh, focuses a bit on that. That's one element. What happens in the internal dynamics of the team? But but the key part is, and we know this from individual coaching, what is the team there to deliver? The solution focus that the team needs to have, but it's not just delivering it for the sake of delivering. It has to know who it's delivering it for. The, the organization, for the customers, and also what are the quality of the relationships between the team and the suppliers, the stakeholders, um, the customers, the regulators, and the team doesn't operate on its own. It sits in a nested system 
it's mm-hmm. part of, and the, the coaching, the systemic team coaching, is coaching the connection between the team and its stakeholders. Can we talk about that systemic lens a little bit? Because when I started first working with this, I I thought that was the most brilliant thing I've I've ever heard of because it really looked at the entire dynamics of the organization. So can you kind of give our listeners a little bit, uh, uh, describe to them exactly what that systemic lens is? Well, well, for instance, I had a call um, from a chairman uh, about a, a, a new person on an executive team, and, and the chair said, would I coach this guy because he was new to the executive, the senior management team, and he wasn't really fitting in. And I thought, yeah, okay, well, let me do the um, inquiry investigation and check it out. So I spoke to him, and then I wanted to speak uh, to the team leader, his boss, uh, and uh, then I thought, oh, okay, so there seems to be a bit of a scratchiness between these two. So it's not just the individual stuff, but it's also about the nature of the relationship between them. And I thought, hmm, so maybe probably it'd be better to do the relationship stuff first. And I then inquired a little bit further. I thought, well, let me see how the team is fitting together. So when I went and, and spoke to some of the this guy's uh, colleagues on, on the team, it seemed like there was an issue within the team about this guy not fitting in. He was new. He was young. He was dynamic. The others were rot, been there a long time. And so my attention shifted. My thinking, well, look, actually, let, let's just do some team building, that this dreaded thing you were talking about. Let, let's see how we can get together and see how this guy um, can be embedded um, in the team much better. Uh, and then, then the individual work won't be important because the, the team will be collaborating. So we set up when we did a half day <clears throat> having a look at the relationships and what was working and the different personality styles. But then as a result of that, it was clear that this team didn't actually know what it was there to do. What, what were the objectives that it was there? It really didn't have a clear strategy. And part of the issue was that this young guy was pushing at them and saying, look, guys, I don't have a clear sense of a vision. I don't really know what the strategy is. This seems like some stuff you've been talking about. And there are no clear objectives. I don't know what the actual targets are. Um, And then they all thought, yep, you're right. And so they give them their due. They had the courage to say, okay, well, let's, let's sit down together and we'll have a strategy day. We'll have a look at what the the team is there to deliver and we'll get that clear. And once they got that decided, this guy, it seemed then to fit together. He began began to relax and contribute. There was less hostility. We had a very, very productive day where they were identifying where they wanted to go. In fact, one person was leaving uh, and was really tired. So he sort of stepped out and left the the people to to come in and, and take it off. But what emerged, interestingly, from that meeting was that they they weren't. They didn't have a good relationship with the chairman. This guy that had phoned me in the first place, this executive team didn't have a good connection. Remember I said earlier, systemic team coaching is about the connection between. So between the board and the executive team, <coughs> there was a, a difficulty. And in actual fact, the team wasn't clear 
what was required of it. So this guy who was saying, I don't know what I'm expected to do in this team, it was mirrored in the fact that the team didn't really know what was required of it. It was doing its stuff. It was delivering what it thought it was delivering. And then then at the end of the year, there were these very poor appraisals about the performance of this team. So I said, look, guys, what we really need to do is get a, a joint meeting between the board and the exec. Really need to sit down with you and let me help you facilitate, coach the connection, how you guys are relating, and let's get clear <clears throat> what we call the commission, what's required of you. And we sat down and we had a fantastic uh, afternoon really getting clear where the misunderstanding was and where the slight backing off of challenge and confrontation, people trying to be kind of nice to each other or not objecting. And so the the coaching (coughs) had to be across from the individual level right up uh, to the what we call the stakeholder interface, the connection with the system and even the wider system, what was happening in the political and environmental and social context that this organization was going through. So you can see there's this breadth of engagement. Now, once we'd done all this, the individual coaching became unnecessary because the whole mm-hmm. system was shifting and learning and growing. And the, you know, the individual then became a real advocate and a real strong person and what is this nearly a year later you know this team is really surging ahead I hope that's that, clear. that story yeah I mean that that story um when I when I hear this story um it, it sounds like a lot of teams to be honest with you okay you know yeah. um people always people start to think that it's about the individual and then and then you go a little bit further and then you realize that the commission is not understand or the collective target is not understood yep. and the communication is not understood and then you end up with a dysfunctional team and um, I really I wonder when you look at organizations how many teams out there are really high performing and functional I mean, yeah. if you were to just take a guess yourself with your experience, you know, from, from you know, do 20% teams really have issues or that, that, 30 or 40 or? Well, it's, it, I think the end indication is somewhere like 10 to 20% are, are high performing. And then there's a, a chunk in the middle, uh, probably about, uh, around about 50% are sort of managing, getting along, they're delivering I mean, there's some of the banks. I mean, we just have to look at what was happening in our bank crash in 2008. You know, what were the teams doing then? What was the relationship with the stakeholders and the supervisory boards? And how was all of that happening that allowed this to happen? There was appallingly poor communication. So the teams were not functioning as teams. They were just functioning as reporting lines into a senior person and... Mm -hmm. That was not really held together with a, with much, well, clearly not nearly enough accountability for what was going on. A lot of fear and uncertainty uh, and anxiety <clears throat> so that, that there was the hallmark yeah. of good teamwork is a quality of trust and ability to communicate and take responsibility and accountability. <laughs> and I think I think what you talked about having having the commission clear and the collective target clear is really an important part because you can't something that you don't understand. Yeah, um, it, I see that quite often in teams is 
especially in large organizations, when it cascades, you know, you have a commission that cascades from um, maybe America to Germany through five organizations. By the time it gets down to the team that actually has to fulfill it, something's lost, and then there's some lack of understanding. So I guess my question to you, so why, why do you think this method works so much better than some of the other interventions that we've had over the years? Well, it, it is this notion of being, paying attention to the whole system. We're not just trying to solve one small problem. It's a bit like we can see this in our bodies and our health. <clears throat> we can take a, a, a pill for a headache, but if we're not paying attention to our lifestyle, the stress, our diet, our exercise, all of this stuff that we know about, our bodies are a, sim- a system um, and we can treat a symptom we can, you know, uh, with medication, and this is like teams, we, we treat the system, sorry, the symptom, uh, like, you know, let's get this difficult person, an individual coach, and that'll solve the problem. Well, it won't, because you'll do that. And this is why coaching has failed. And I know this, my own experience, that coaching, individual coaching has failed, because it is not dealing with the, the, the key underlying issues that are going on in the system. And if you pay attention to that, then you get the right intervention at the right level and don't try to fix something way down at the bottom at the individual level. And it it really, um, what I'm hearing from you and and I know from my own experience, it really also pays attention to the relationships between those levels, the relationships between the individual and the stakeholders. And and as you said, the systemic um we look at uh, you know my biggest example is uh, the diversity legislation for the eu that um boards have to have 40 percent gender that has to trickle down someplace and that has a complete effect on the hiring teams within the organizations and when you start to pay attention to those different levels and I can see where this, you know, and I know I've seen it myself that this method works really, really well. So, um, so John, we're going to, we're going to, to um, go on another break. This was really interesting. Um, and um, when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about your book. Okay. So um, love to do that. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're going to ta- take a break and um, I'm Kimberly J. Lewis and we're talking on leadership beyond borders on the voice America business channel. And we are talking with John Larry Joyce, president and founder of the Academy of Executive Coaching and author of Fertile Void, Gestalt Coaching at Work. If you'd like to reach out to John, you can reach out to John at john.leary-joyce at aoec.com or on Twitter at Larry Joyce. You can reach out to me and we please welcome you to do this at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or on our Facebook page or our LinkedIn group. So we'll see you after the break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy plus you get to take advantage of some great member benefits get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels keep track of your favorite episodes shows and hosts in your own customizable library 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are. In the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice of America's exciting new series on the Business Network. In this series, we are looking at the new generation of leadership coaching. I am your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, a seasoned executive, a leadership and diversity expert, and a certified executive and systemic team coach. Today, we are talking with John Leary Joyce, president and founder of the Academy of Executive Coaching and author of Fertile Void Gestalt Coaching at Work. You're listening to the Voice America Business Channel. So, John, um, we've talked a lot about systemic team coaching. I think a really cool thing, um, really the new kid on the block. But I'd like to talk a little bit about your book. So um, why don't you tell us a little about, about it? Well, it's a, Gestalt is a particular um, psychological methodology uh, that originated in, in Germany in the 1930s, and it's grown and evolved uh, over years in the U.S. and the U.K. and Europe into a very uh, uh, important um, psychotherapy practice, but also um, has the ability to translate uh, very, very effectively into coaching. And I, I produced this book. I've been uh, involved in the Gestalt approach and in the Institute and the Methodology for some 40 years. Um, and I felt a, c- a couple of years ago that I needed to actually transfer that uh, methodology 
from uh, psychotherapy world into the coaching world and, and write really about that experience. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 what's the difference between um, you know, other kinds of coaching and gestalt coaching? What would be the major difference between okay. those? So um, primarily, a, a, usually coaching is about a solution about getting focused on where do you want to go. It's future-focused, which is fantastic. That's really important. But sometimes when we get focused on where we want to go, we lose track of where we are now. Who are we in the moment? And uh, we can get absorbed and caught up with the future and lose the sense of connection. And this is really important, especially in the nature of relationships, and I talked about systemic team coaching being about the connection in, in the relationships between individuals, between teams. And Gestalt really has a lot to offer in terms of how we get the best uh, from the quality in our connection, our relationships, and, and how we get ourselves caught up in the difficulties and we limit uh, the, the, the creativity and the engagement that we can have in our relationship. So, so Gestalt uh, has the approach, the methodology that helps us work in the moment in our connection, our relationships, rather than the future. Mm-hmm. And um, so that would be, I mean, there's one method that I think in coaching that I think is quite important, and I, and, and that, um, I believe it's part of the Gestalt methodology, and that's... Um, Talking about a signature presence, which I think is really important to leaders. Could you could you talk to us a little bit about what a signature presence is and why that that's important to leadership? Well, yes. Well, interesting. The notion of signature presence comes from a um, a woman called Barry Met- Mary Beth O'Neill, who wrote Executive Coaching with Backbone and Heart. So it is a much broader uh, um, perspective than Gestalt, but very much embodied within Gestalt, which is really about who are you? How do you show up? How do you bring yourself to the relationships? And of course, this is central uh, to being a leader because as a leader, you are ahead. You're out there holding forth or holding the the, the team, the organization. And how do you do that? What is the What is your presence in the relationship and what is special about that presence and and Mary Beth O'Neill and Gestalt fits very very closely with this was all about looking inside to to find that authentic self in who I am and how do I bring that individuality in, in a compassionate but also challenging and demanding way this is not about being soft and fluffy this is about um, being authentic and uh, being challenging and demanding as as well as being compassionate. So it's embodying mm-hmm. that, supporting it, helping people to grow and develop into who they are that makes them the best pe- person, the best leader and the most effective leader that they can be. So that that's uh, myself as a leader then, of course, I have unique qualities and this helps me discover those qualities and bring them into the presence 
so yep. uh, into the present so I can have a presence. That's that's really an interesting concept. Yep. Um, John, uh, I, you know, this Gestalt, I'm not a Gestalt, a Gestalt coach, so I find this really, really interesting because I think yeah, I've read your book and um, it, it's, it's really great um, for anyone who's in a leadership position or a coaching position to, to gain some, some new perspectives and some other awareness. And um, you talk, you talk about, um, you, you talk about adaptation and creative adaptation. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, as uh, human beings in our interactions, we're always adjusting and adapting. We're, because we're different every day, every moment we're different, and every engagement with the people and that complex communication, we have to adjust and adapt. And usually when we get stuck in our own prejudice, our own bias, our own narrow-minded thinking out of habit, we learn partly from our culture or uh, perspective on the way we're brought up, the environment. We learn a particular way of thinking, sometimes called mindsets, um, Mm -hmm. and we become limited. And therefore, everybody of a certain color or nationality or religion is labeled in that way. And we cannot see difference and we cannot adjust uh, to the difference and we we see that now with a, with regards to this thing called islamophobia where where we're seeing every person that that has comes from islamic tradition as being some sort of dangerous person and and that's absurd we, we're not mm-hmm. able to hold the difference and the distinctions uh, and gestalt is very much about helping us free up from those rigid mindsets that keep us locked in, in a particular way of thinking and being. And, and I, you know, I can talk about big issues, big political, social issues, but those are also um, small issues like how we react to, to irritation or anger. Some people get frightened of anger. Some people are even scared of happiness. We have habits mm-hmm. built into our system that lock us into a particular way. And what we do is we try to loosen those up. I sometimes use the metaphor of of a knot in a piece of string. <clears throat> so the knot is small and tight, um, but it's it's it com, com, is a, a, a restriction. And our job um, as coaches is to loosen the knot, open it, and sometimes the knot. Not so, well, actually, all the time in order to undo a knot, we have to make it bigger. So we see the pattern and how the string is, 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 uh, is woven together in a way that, that makes this difficult. We loosen it up and then we find another way of undoing, another way of engaging mm-hmm. so that we are much freer and we flow in relationships. Yeah. We're not caught up with these blocks and interruptions, <clears throat> we become creative and we find different ways of dealing with one person's irritation and another person's anger and another person's frustration all the time, find a different part of ourselves to engage with the other. So that's the creative mm-hmm. bit, being creative and always adjusting to find the best relationship, the best quality of connection that we can in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sounds like, that sounds, I deal a lot with unconscious bias training, and this sounds like a really interesting method to approach that. Yeah. Would that be? 
Yeah, absolutely. Good. It's so um, it's really on undoing the unconscious. So you make the unconscious mm-hmm. conscious, the bias conscious. That's your restricted behavior, and then your work towards loosening that up, so that it becomes unconscious creativity, mm-hmm. and you just flow, mm-hmm. and you lose yeah. the bias. Yeah, that's great. You know, there's another challenge I see. I see a lot in in some of the, the companies that I work with, um, and that's in in the area of change management, which you also talk about in your book. Um, and there's all kinds of change management approaches. Um, you know, there's McKinsey as seven S, and there's Quarters eight steps, and but you talk about um, the Gestalt approach to change, and yes. you talk a little bit about more on an individual level. But but how how does that also relate to not just individuals but also um, organizations? Well, um, there are really two ty- two ways of approaching change, and uh, McKinsey and Cotter will fit into that approach to change. <coughs> that is about future focus. And I talked about that mm-hmm. uh, in our first section um, about having a goal and striving towards the goal. Um, and you, and that requires work and effort and attention and you're moving towards it um, systematically and, and uh, with, a, with determination. Um, and that's fine that's our educational system the way we work you see athletes doing that all the time in order to 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 get great a performance you work hard you try and you get there but interesting enough that's only one way of engaging in change the other way is instead of trying to be different we allow ourselves to be who we are we accept who we are, because if you if connect to this notion of unconscious bias or interruptions, what we have is we have an internal process that blocks us. That internal bias we have externally also applies internally. And you will know and all your listeners will know that our biggest critic is inside our heads. We are mm-hmm. the ones that, that rubbish ourselves and beat ourselves up for not being good enough, for having it to do something better through showing off, all sorts of things get in the way of us mm. actually allowing ourselves to flow and adapt creatively. Yeah. So when we stop having this internal critic and we accept ourselves the way we are, suddenly we release ourselves. It's, it's as if we've had a dam there in a river and we've just unblocked the river and it flows by itself yeah 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 and that's the that's gestalt absolutely approach. correct yeah I, I mean, sometimes we, we are the biggest we are the biggest ones yeah. standing in our own way absolutely. So we're our biggest enemies yes yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, John, let's end. Uh, I'd like to, in in closing, I'd like to know if you have um, uh, maybe two tips that you could give the leaders listening to us. Um, two tips for about themselves and individ- as individuals, and maybe two tips um, to help their organizations. So, uh, just tying in with the the, the first thing about um, take a few moments. Uh, to uh, and and this notion of mindfulness, which has become very popular, it's about awareness of who you are. So take a few moments um, when you're feeling stressed, just to notice 
um, what's going on in yourself. And often you'll find that it's in your body. And, and take a few moments to, to breathe and notice, not necessarily to relax, but to become aware of what is going on in our heads and how mm-hmm. are we blocking ourselves from uh, moving forward. So take a few moments, notice that and allow yourself and see if you can accept who you are. Take a breath into that place. Um, so that's one tip. Let yourself be and it, you will find that you will um, become much uh, calmer in yourself as you allow that uh, yourself to be uh, who you are. And the the next tip, the second uh, tip, t- <laughs> the second tip uh, for the individual leader is to be able to communicate who you are. This notion of signature presence, to have the courage to say, to to voice uh, your view and opinion in a way that helps you be curious about yourself and the other. It's coming with that sense of curiosity and trusting and allowing that whatever is going on is gestalt is a very optimistic perspective that if mm-hmm. we allow ourselves to be then we begin to flow and we begin to create and adapt <coughs> to the world around us well i think i mean i think john i think those two tips are great for both individuals and leaders and um i i mean or, for individuals and for their organizations um, and I'd really, really like to thank you for, for being with us today. This has been a really interesting and great discussion. And I look at last week's program um, when we're talking about trying to move individuals and move organizations and what was standing in their way. And I think this was a great follow-up. So I'd like to, to thank you, John. And um, once again, we've been talking with John Larry Joyce, president and founder of the Academy of Executive Coaching and author of Fertile Void, Gestalt Coaching at Work. And if anybody wants to get a hold of John, you can reach him at john.leary-joyce at aoec.com. You can also look at the AOEC website at www.aoec.com and on Twitter at Leary Joyce and also at the AOEC so, John, this has been great. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you very much indeed, Kim. Real pleasure. Okay. Thank you. So, um, I'd like, you know, I'm not going to repeat anything that we talked about today. I'm just going to tell a real quick story that, um, you know, I was on a board one time when somebody came to me and a chair said, I need coaching. And I was devastated. And I said, oh, my gosh, what am I doing wrong? And I got sent to coaching as they did. It was disciplinary, as they called it years ago. Um, but my coach, who was uh, Dr. Carola Teaker in Frankfurt, helped me realize that people misunderstand coaching. And I shouldn't be offended because many leaders try to send people to coaches to mold them, such as themselves. But actually, it helped me unleash my potential. And it was the best thing I ever did. And that made me become an advocate of coaching. So um, I just uh, to our listeners, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to bring people in. So I'd like to thank you today, um, John, and I am your host, Kimberly Lewis. Please tune in to us next week at Leadership Beyond Borders. 
You can reach me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Until next week, my word of the day for leaders are, is support. And stay tuned next for another great series on Voice America Business Channel with Wagner and Vinick on the law coming up next. Until then, see you next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 